Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Post Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Ayer speaking to you after England's victory over India in the first test at Chepok. Uh, we have an all-star cast today on, on Stump Mike. First up, Devayan Sen. Hey, Devayan. Uh, hi, yes, uh, very happy for England. Uh, outstanding victory. Uh, now it makes, I guess, six wins on the trot away from home and uh, six wins away on the trot in the subcontinent. So that's an outstanding achievement. And I think that tells you that uh, there's something about Joe Root as captain and there's something about this team which makes them really, really good contenders for this series. But as I said yesterday, I think uh, I would have expected India to be ripe for the picking for this first test match. But uh, you would expect India to bounce back well from this uh, defeat. Absolutely. An extremely impressive performance by England. And we also have on the panel today, Matt Roller, someone who we've been asking him to be more <laughs> bullish throughout the entire test match. And today, finally, he's smiling from year to year. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Kartik. When I said last night that England would win by 100 runs, I was suddenly second-guessing myself and thinking <laughs> that that might have been far too optimistic here. Um, but yeah, to, to, to do it. Um, by 227 in the manner that they did wrap things up before tea. It was, uh, yeah, a, a fantastic uh, bowling performance on the final day, I thought, from uh, Anderson in particular, as I'm sure we'll discuss at length. Oh, Anderson. And the third man on this podcast, Gaurav Sundaraman. Gaurav Anderson just reminds me of that phrase, swing is swing, yaar. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, amazing at his age, doing this... Uh, uh, Consistently, and yeah, there's so much uh, talk about him not doing well in Asia, but he and along with Stain have always been really good, and he's just shown again to everybody how how good he is, and uh, yeah, he used reverse swing especially uh, very well. Okay, Gaurav, we'll start with you, and we'll start with James Anderson. When I saw that over this morning, in my head there was no other result. That over where he got the wickets of uh, Rahane and before that Shubman Gill, who was who was looking pretty impressive. I mean, that was. The over of the test match and probably the over of 2021 for me so far. Yeah, definitely. That too. On a fifth day pitch in uh, Chepok, I was looking at a stat uh, about uh, pace bowlers taking three wickets in the on day five in the test in India. That too, visiting fast bowlers. The list is so small. It just has like uh, random names in uh, uh, Sulanga Lakmal, Ravi Rampal, Andrew Flintoff and you have James Anderson. So that's how hard it is. Uh, and and you know the first innings, I think all the uh, ten dismissals were caught uh, for India, uh, whereas uh, they were able to beat the bat uh, much more in the second innings. So uh, it's very hard to bre- breach the defense of uh, guys like Rahane and Gill and Pujaras and Kohli's. Generally, it's very hard to do that in India uh, or anywhere for that matter. And he did a great job. And I think Root used him very well. Uh, he bought him when he knew that uh, reverse swing was in play. And uh, yeah, wondering how it started reversing so early uh, this time. I guess it's due to the new ball which they're using. But uh, he made good use of condition. Shows how uh, what experience can do and what a class act he is. Oh, absolutely. James Anderson finished with 3 for 17 on day 5 as England claimed a 227-run victory. Now, let's talk more about Jimmy yeah? and we'll go to Matt on this. Matt, James Anderson, I, I, what is the perception of him in England? I mean, he's obviously, he's probably England's greatest ever test player, if not bowler. Uh, over here, especially in the subcontinent, there has always been this... Uh, there's a certain amount of derision when we speak about James Anderson because of his performances here and the fact that his average is not great when the ball is not swinging. And there, 
there's a term that I probably don't want to repeat on this podcast, but it's it's pretty derogatory that when you refer that to someone with 600 plus test wickets. Yeah, I think um, I think people are realizing over the past couple of years, especially just how um, how foolish it is to to write Anderson off. I think um, even in uh, I, I say I say that with a pinch of salt because I don't think that too many people do. To be honest, I think that that um, it, most people who, who watch a lot of Test cricket will understand how good a bowler Anderson is has been over um, such a long period of time. And has been in various different conditions as well. I mean, there's this sort of, I think there's often been a perception about him being this sort of, um, you know, uh, bully at home and it, not quite um, the same bowler away. But it, there was a point, I think, just after he he um, removed Pant, his average in India had moved just below 30. I think it ended just above 30 um, after today. But, you know, not not many fast bowlers, um, especially ones without sort of express pace, can get, come to India and average 30. Um, and of course, you know, while he wasn't at his best on on the last tour in sixteen seventeen, he I remember Dhoni said that he was the difference between the sides on the in the twenty twelve series. Probably he he said he played the most crucial role in England's victory then. Yeah, he, he probably didn't get the you know everyone remembers that as the the Swan and Panasar series or or KP or Cook or whoever, but I think Anderson was sort of you know, holding everything together by, by bowling dry and popping up with wickets um, when he needed. But it was it, it was a really interesting... You, you mean to say he popping up with Sachin Tendulkar's wicket, right? <laughs> Quite. Yeah, well, it, was, it was a really interesting test, actually, from Anderson, because he, I, I think most people here had expected Broad to play ahead of him in this test, um, because England have sort of signalled that throughout this, this uh, tour of the subcontinent of uh, six tests that they would play one and not the other um Anderson played the second test in Sri Lanka so most people expected he wouldn't play here and he actually had quite a quiet time in the first innings he, he sort of um you know the ball wasn't particularly swinging when England took the second new ball after 80 overs he, he bowled a very short spell because it just wasn't doing anything um and he took two tail end wickets but um, probably wasn't necessarily at his best and I think coming into today very few people would have picked him out as um, the sort of the destroyer in chief, especially after he didn't even take the new ball yesterday, which was the first time in, I think, 10 plus years since he's played in a test for England and didn't take the new ball. Um, so it's quite, um, it was quite extraordinary, really, wasn't it? He came into the attack after what, six or seven overs of the day. Um, and he'd actually, he'd done an interview um, with the host broadcaster just before the start of play where he was talking about um, how the ball had been reversing so quickly because they'd found the, the pitch so abrasive. Um, so just from banging it in early on and sort of archer bowling heavy balls, um, they've been able to to get the ball into that condition. And he'd sort of timed his entry point so that it would it it, it would be the the optimum time to come on and have the ball hooping while it was still relatively hard as well. Um, and you saw as well it, the, the lengthy bowl shouldn't be underestimated because England England have overpitched a little bit in this. Um, test at times, especially the spinners who have bowled a lot of full tosses. But Anderson's clearly sort of recognised the fact that the ball was going to go and therefore pitched it very, very full throughout that over. Um, and yeah, it was quite something really. I think the the Rahane LBW shout with the fourth ball, two balls after getting uh, Gill, England were completely convinced that that was plum. Um, and it was crashing into sort of the base of middle stump, but because it had done so much, um, it had hit him 
uh, sort of just about outside the line of off stump. I think it was umpire's yeah, it was, call, it was on umpire's call, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it was, and I think that probably shows just how much swing he was getting because Rahane wasn't exactly particularly far forward, um, but it had just moved so late. Um, so yeah, then to 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 send his off stump out the ground as well, having done so already earlier in the over was yeah quite a moment. And from that point, England didn't really look back. So I just wanted to add a point here about, you know, Anderson's uh, performances in Asia. I think sometimes we read a bit too much into uh, uh, re- just bare numbers and uh, figures. Because what it often won't tell you is what kind of uh, role that uh, bowler was performing in that specific spell or in that specific innings. Uh, as uh, Matt and you rightly pointed out about the, you know, previous tour, the 2012 tour, when he played a more of a holding role, but uh, picked out important wickets. And often it is also about just holding the opposition back, making sure that they don't get away with too many runs. And uh, there you have to give credit, I think, to the England uh, think tank, uh, led, of course, by Root. Uh, the decision not to give the new ball to Anderson also may have been strategic. I think they realized that on this pitch, there wasn't a lot of swing with the new ball to be had. They handed it to Archer, who's obviously a lot quicker through the air. And that that uh, potentially has a little bit more harm for the opposition uh, side. They brought on their principal spinner. And uh, interestingly, La- uh, Leach bowled most of his overs in the second innings from the uh, gate end, where there was a lot more uh, assistance for the spinners. And that's where he got the early breakthrough. But... In spite of Pujara getting out, if you noticed, India was scoring at a very fair clip uh, because Gill was playing his shots. Kohli was looking for his singles. I think just at the point where the ball was given to uh, Anderson, if I'm not mistaken, India had already scored 44 runs in 11 overs. So they were pretty much actually on target in terms of going for the uh, chase. And uh, it, it was they were laying a very solid foundation for that. So to crash through that barrier more than anything else was the greatest achievement of Anderson. Uh, fantastic over, uh, good reverse swing, perfect length as uh, Matt mentioned. And just not much that a batsman can do, especially somebody like Rahane coming in, you know, when you face uh, two vicious in-swinging deliveries uh, like that, when, you're, when, when you've just come to the crease, it's quite difficult to counter it. So, uh, good good uh, captaincy all around and then just the icing on the cake with the punt wicket when, when he bowled an off-cutter and Root had just moved himself into a short extra cover. So, uh, great captaincy and that is where they pretty much prize the game there, uh, their own side. Yeah, along with James Anderson, England's other key bowler today was Jack Leach. He finished with 4 for 76 as India were bowled out for 192 in their second innings. Matt, you and I have not always agreed on Leach, but just rewards today for him. Yeah, I think the um, much as Anderson's was sort of the, the defining spell of the day, I think the, uh, the wicket of Pujara early on was always likely to be um, a huge one for England, especially given his sort of efforts in, in the rear guards in Australia and in the last innings of the game. Um, but in particular, I wanted to sort of point out Pajaro, his record against left arm orthodox spin is just out of this world good. Um, so, so the ball that um, Leach got him with today was the 1,898th ball that Pajaro has faced from a left arm spinner in test. And it was the sixth dismissal. Um, so that's one every 300 and something <laughs> balls. And I think he's averaging over 130 against it, even after getting out today. So this is a guy who just doesn't get out to left arm spin. I think it had been four years, um, which probably shows you just how well Leach, Leach bowled and sort of managing to get a little bit of variable bounce. He had a couple to, to Gill early on. He had one that was a complete shooter and one that um, really ripped past the outside edge and went for four buys. Um, and yeah, it was just a, another sort of 
textbook left arm spinners dismissal really from Leach, where he, uh, you know, Pajara sort of closed the face on it, looking to work into leg, took the shoulder of the bat um, and looped up. Um, and yeah, I thought it was it was just reward really. I think Leach did bowl very well, especially to the right handers uh, in this match and. England's bowling, well, fast bowling coach, I should say, John Lewis, was speaking last night about um, sort of what role he thought Leach would play uh, on day five and how his confidence was after after Pant took him down. And he was saying, to be honest, he didn't think it was um, probably going to be as damaging as people might think for his confidence, how he bowled to Pant, because he did actually stick to his plan pretty well, which was toss it up into the rough outside off and hope to draw a mistake. And while Pant's did take him to pieces. I think he was none for 77 after eight overs. He he equally did offer chances and he was taking high risks. Um, and, you know, Leach is not someone who's going to be thrown just because someone attacks him for a bit. I think he's, a, uh, you know, while he's relatively inexperienced at test level, he's played a lot of first-class games and he's dealt with having pressure on him to bowl teams out. Um, and, yeah, I thought he, he really found a groove, found a rhythm today and picked up the rewards with uh, four wickets in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, congratulations, England. They're leading the series 1-0. It's a format series, of course, but it sets it up brilliantly. Now, let's shift our focus to India, Gaurav. After the high of what happened in Australia, I think a lot of things have come crashing down to earth here. But, but really, how big of a setback is it? Knowing this Indian team, they've come back from this situation quite a lot in the recent past. So, uh, they know how it is uh, to win here and uh, I'm sure they'll come back strongly. It is just that, uh, though you wouldn't want to give that as an excuse, the toss obviously plays a big role and India is one place where toss plays a bigger role. But especially for the Wisting team to capitalize, not many teams have capitalized. India have lost a toss on many occasions and they have uh, completely outplayed the opposition, even in the last tour for that matter. Yeah, to be to be honest, Gaurav, I remember chatting with you, right? After England finished at 578 in, in the first innings, we said it was just about par and India India could could reach could reach the score and this match could maybe end up as a board draw. And Kohli mentioned it in his post-match uh, uh, press conference right now, where he says that our first innings batting wasn't up to scratch. Yes, especially on day three, uh, the pitch was still okay. I wouldn't say that this is a pitch where India could have uh, uh, battered England uh, out of the contest, but it was not as uh, maybe as flat as what we saw in 2016. But definitely, India could have put in a much more uh, put in a bigger score, and that way they would have drawn the game, or maybe uh, something else could have happened. Uh, so that's uh, I guess it's basically playing after a long time, being in the field for three days, as in at least into the third day, which is something super rare, right? Which they wouldn't have really experienced before. So uh, I think all those factors come into the picture. Uh, and England have found a template. England have come planned. They, know, they knew what the template was and they had to execute it. And they managed to do that. You had Sibley playing out maximum balls. You had a root playing, playing a, having a big score, which is required. Like we've been telling that you need a, somebody to go on to score the 150 plus score. And the number of 200 scores in India have been so rare, which is why India have been consist, consistently dominating at home. And nobody has gone on to score the big one. And England have done it. So England have found a template. But this this works when you're batting first. Now, when you're bowling first, if they lose the toss, you need to have a different plan. You need to bowl them out uh, earlier and other things. So it's very, very interesting to see if India uh, 
lose the toss again in the second test then it uh, it's going to be a challenge because england know now how to go about winning here um so yeah we'll have to wait and see but england played see you have to come and execute it a lot of teams win the toss and they don't bat out three days or they don't even go into the second day so we have to give credit to england for executing their plan to perfection once you have score on the board you can attack you can have attacking fields which brings the spinners on and then fifth day the pitch will do the needful so yeah we have a template it's now time for teams to execute it absolutely and like gaurav mentioned credit to joe root as well for his magnificent 218 in in that first innings deban where did it go wrong for india i asked this also looking ahead to the next test which is at the same venue and the turnaround is extremely short i mean i think we begin this saturday uh yes uh, and i mean i'll repeat a couple of things which i've said uh, the couple of times that i've been on the podcast uh, one india were coming in with a slight handicap because of uh, the circumstances of how long their australia tour was and the fact that england had been in sri lanka quite recently so in many respects as i said i mean it was only half jokingly but england were sort of the home side for this one and then yeah, you're have... basically referencing india's pre independence <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, for uh, for india to have lost the toss as gorup said was obviously a big disadvantage but as he rightly observed as well that uh, england had to then uh, uh, execute uh, the plans perfectly and if you think about it england played pretty much the perfect subcontinental cricket here because Uh, this is the formula you uh, hope you win the toss or whatever whenever you bat you bat big you make sure that you bat only once ideally uh, of course they they needed to bat a second time around and uh, then you hold on to your catches you bowl well you bowl with discipline and irrespective of whether uh, somebody plays a good knock or something you just hang in there and you wait for the mistake sometimes those also tend to creep in as the match progresses but if i am to turn it around i would say that india have a lot of silver linings from this test match uh, in the second innings yes england were looking for quick runs but barring root none of the batsmen looked in control at all uh, they actually got bowled out for a total lower than what india managed in the fourth innings so if you think about it you know uh, india had a lot to gain from the last couple of days of cricket ashwin bowled supremely well i think if he's fit i hope he's fit because he got knocked on his finger a couple of times uh, while batting i guess uh, he he is going to be a major scourge for this uh, english team and i think he's going to have a huge say uh, if he goes on to play all four tests in uh, which side this is going to be uh, decided india also made a couple of errors i thought in selection i think uh, personally i felt both siraj and uh, kuldeep should have played or at least one of them uh, would have added a bit more variety to this attack and as i was mentioning yesterday that the way that sundar batted in that first innings you can almost treat him now as a specialist batsman so now you can pick your team irrespective of uh, how the top 7 lines up you can go for the four best bowlers so in my mind as of now that would be ishant bumrah ashwin and i would probably go for kuldeep uh, if we get a similar surface to what we got in the first test so yeah all is not lost india will bounce back well in this and i think england will have to watch out for that yeah gorav circling back to our day one discussion we spoke about kuldeep that he was maybe unfortunate to wish, miss out because of the team combination do you see him coming into the 11 for the second test match again we'll see i think he will okay because nadeem's not like he's not been that impressive but again he bowled the most difficult conditions uh, even ashwin struggled to get his wickets and ashwin nadeem's playing his second test so you can't just go on that performance uh, but because generally uh, you're playing a four four match series turnaround is very short and uh, you need to quickly win the second one to even the series up i think for that reason uh, i think kuldeep will get a game but it's very important that uh, 
who are the options? See, Sundar has to play again. We don't know about Aksar's injury. Ideally, that this was the combination, right? Aksar instead of Sundar and Kuldeep instead of Nadim. That was the combination for the first test uh, before the injury happened. So, if Aksar is fit, I would definitely do that. But now, looking at it, even if Aksar is not fit, I think Sundar will hold his place and Kuldeep will come instead of Aksar. I guess that will, sorry, Nadim. That will be the only change for the next test. I don't think you need to really alter too much. Uh, three pace bowlers, uh, I don't think is required. But that's where I think England have managed very well and they've come with a plan. Now Butler goes back. You have fresh legs in folks. Uh, we have to see if Anderson and Broad, whether they do a swap or if they want to continue with reverse and maybe bring in Broad for the pink ball. But for the pink ball, you will also need Anderson. So they have a lot of uh, options. They have people whom they can rest and bring back. And uh, so that's where England have kind of managed their players slightly better. India have come coming off a tough tour. So like, I know this might sound pretty drastic, but Bumrah, for example, could be even given a break. Because you need Bumrah in the third uh, for the pink ball test for sure. So, with the series going to be alive till the fourth test either way, mostly. Uh, I don't know. You need to give a rest at some point in time to just with Bumrah. So, these are small decisions which India have to take. But I think practically only Kuldeep will come in for Nadeem. That will be the only change. Yeah, I just wanted to add one point to that. I think uh, in Nadeem's performance and maybe in his defense to an extent, the fact that he bowled a little sort of all over the place, the number of no balls that he bowled, maybe it was to do with the short preparation time, the fact that he would have had not more than an evening to sort of prepare himself for uh, playing a test match. Uh, and the second one, I think, is that uh, there is this obsession, obviously, in cricket. And I know uh, Gaurav, for one, is a big believer in that, in, you know, uh, Bowling a left-arm spinner to a team uh, predominantly uh, composed of right-hands, right-handers. But I think that applies more to white ball cricket than anything else. So, India have to get out of that shell of theirs. Even if they go in with two off-spinners, as Ashwin showed in this test match, that if you're a good enough off-spinner and if you have natural variations, then you are going to threaten both sides of the edge of a right-hander's bat as well. So, uh, England obviously have Burns and Stokes in their top order, but the rest of it is pretty much all uh, right-handers through till about number eight or nine. So... Uh, they've got to keep that in consideration and just go in, as I said, with the best four bowlers plus Sundar or Akshar, of course, uh, if he uh, gets fit by the time of the second test. Just on the point about Akshar, I think, it, it, you know, we knew that Jadeja was going to be a huge miss in this series. But I think this test has really rammed it home because England had England scoring opportunities in the first innings were there because of the fact that Nadeem and Sundar didn't bowl particularly tightly. But the difference that Jadeja would have made this test match if he'd been able to just operate at his usual, you know, two and a half runs and over, keep people playing every ball is absolutely vast. Um, and the other ominous thing I thought today for, for England for the rest so, of the so, series. So, was... no, point to note is that Matt Roller wasn't doing ball by ball commentary, which is why he wants Jadeja to be playing this <laughs> test match. That's true. I want Jadeja to be playing every test apart from the ones I'm on ball by ball for. Um, but the, yeah, the other ominous thing for England was was Coley's form today. I thought he batted unbelievably well on on a very difficult pitch. Um, I think he played something like, you know, he, I was looking at the control percentage at one point on our live scorecard and seeing him at 98 or 99 percent after 80 something balls, thinking this this guy is <laughs> it was an out out of this world to have that much control on on a pitch that was doing so much, you know, puffs of dust coming up every time anyone hit a length. Um, and Kohli looked incredibly good and was dismissed by a ball that it, it can only happen on sort of, you know, afternoon session on day on day five on the subcontinent because you do not get balls that keep that low 
um, pretty much anywhere else. So I think that will be a bit of a concern for England because the ways that they've got him out were firstly, um, you know, a catch a short leg off Bess, who's who's not really looked like the same bowler since that first spell. Um, and then a, a grubber from Stokes, which had more than a hint of fortune to it, I think. So I think that that's possibly one lingering thought um, ahead of the next test is that um, the fact that Coley can come off quite a long break, actually, and then... Pick, pick it up like he's like he's riding a bike. Um, Matt, Matt, it's taken you just twenty minutes of this podcast to become a negative negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm just trying to give a silver lining to to Indian <laughs> listeners, you know. And and if you don't mind my asking, uh, Matt, how old are you? Uh, twenty two. So you haven't like lived through the nineties as an England fan, so you, you can't <laughs> even have that uh, level of pessimism, can you? No, I think uh, I, I'm just trying to provide a silver lining to our Indian listeners who have <laughs> experienced one one home defeat in the past eight years. So this is probably a bit of a a bit of a come down. Yeah, yeah, it is, Matt. Let's let's talk about the England team as well. Then we know that there will be one change for sure, which is with Josh Butler going back home. Am I right? He's going back home after the first Test match. So probably folks will come in again. Will a swap between Anderson and Broad happen? Tell us what the thinking is like. Well, it's a good question. I think um, it, folks is pretty much like for like with Butler. Um, I don't think there'll be a big shuffle around. He'll, he'll probably bat at number seven. I think Lawrence will probably keep his place at number three, despite um, not batting particularly convincingly in either innings, just because Crawley's still injured. Um, and I don't think they'll be too keen to, to reshuffle, um, especially coming off the back of this win. I, I, I think they would be extremely tempted to, to pick Moinelli. Um, because I think Bess, I, I, I thought, I, it's a strange one. I thought Bess actually did bowl really well in that first spell um, when he got Coley out. But since then, there's just been far too many full tosses. You know, I was looking at his pitch map at one point today and it, 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 it was pretty ugly. Um, and I, I just think it's the, the problem England will have with Bess is that you can lose control of the game in a session when he's bowling or even half an hour when he's bowling um, in a way that Moeen probably does off, you know, Moeen does frustrate England fans because of the fact that he's not always that consistent with the ball. But I think his experience and also the extra batting that he provides at number eight will come into it. Um, So I would expect him to play past that. It's it's a really difficult one in terms of uh, which seamers to pick. Because Archer bowled pretty well, I thought, um, roughed up a couple of batsmen, um, you know, took the final wicket and I, I thought was, was bowled pretty well uh, in the final innings. Uh, Anderson, obviously, was was brilliant today, slightly less effective in the first innings. Um, I, I would, my hunch is that they would stick with the, the policy and leave them out, play broad and potentially play both of them in the pink ball test, depending on. Uh, you know, obviously what happens next week. Um, but there's there's quite a strong case now to play, to, to keep Anderson in the side, maybe even rotate Broad in for Archer. But the issue with that is you lose a bit of the extra pace. Um, Stokes probably has to take up more of a role with And Archer was really good in the first innings. I mean, let's not forget he that. He was, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it, it's a really tricky one. But uh, Root will inevitably say um, the phrase that he said quite a lot about England's both batting and bowling options recently, which is a good problem to have and not something that they faced, um, you know, very often in the past five years because there have been a lot of times when it's been a case of playing Broad and Anderson together by default because there hasn't been 
the extra bowler. There hasn't been the guy who can bowl 90 miles an hour on top of them. So the, the sort of the luxury of having that choice uh, is something that probably shows you where England are as a test team and, and how different a test team they are to the one that has sort of um, flattered to deceive over the past four or five years. Yeah, I think the only fair way to end this podcast is one final word on the start of the day, James Anderson. Matt obviously spoke a lot about him at the start. Debayan also mentioned how Anderson is underrated in the subcontinent. Gaurav, I look at Anderson and, and I mean, we hear the, the famous Pakistani phrase, pace is pace, yaar. I mentioned swing is swing, yaar. Again, it's borrowed from that. I'm just like, Jimmy is Jimmy, yaar. You, you just do not count him out, ever. Clearly, yes, and our memories are all very, uh, we are biased a lot of times by recent performances. But I think he's time and again shown, like I said at the top of the uh, podcast, he's been uh, as good as Dale Stane and he knows how to uh, what, how to adapt, especially in Indian conditions, uh, how to use reverse uh, and when to use them. And he's done, he's made good use of it. I really enjoyed that dismissal, especially of uh, Shubman Gill. I think he was looking so good and it just, it's a great lesson for the young batsman, right? You know, it just felt that he just got a 50. He was on top of his game. And he, I'm sure in his mind, he'd have been like, yeah, Anderson should be pretty straightforward. And then he bowls this kind of a ball. So I think that was very, very good to watch. Just a young guy uh, coming in on top of his game, at least uh, right now, and playing one of uh, the most experienced pace bowlers. So it was a great battle to watch. And I'm sure uh, we're going to see better battles uh, in the next three tests. Absolutely. And I think if there's one lesson for all of us and every cricket watcher out there is that don't take James Anderson for granted. Enjoy him while you can. While he might seem ageless, he isn't. So anyway, Devayan, Matt, Gaurav, thank you so much for joining us on all five days of this excellent test match. It's, it's, been, it's been brilliant. England, of course, a lead the series 1-0. We'll be back very, very soon because the second test in Chennai starts this Saturday.